The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Hailing frequencies open. Which allows for instant written communication. The ring has awoken. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with you. Galactic Radio, Galactic Radio, Galactic Radio, with Dave Nelson. Galactic Radio, Galactic Radio, Galactic Radio, with your host, Dave Nelson. Coming up on the show this week, we'll be talking to singer, songwriter, gamer, and all-around creative person, Christy Cates. And NASA from the Alien Invasion podcast will be here, along with Else Nerds, Gregor, and Corey to help me answer this week's question. Then one of those guys will stick around to tell us what they're listening to, reading, playing, watching, or making. Mark has a movie minute. Peter will give us an app review, comic book releases, and Daryl reading from the Sci-Fi-pedia. All that right after this. Headline news of vital, significant events from every corner of the Earth. Spoken news brought into your home, your office, even into your car as you speed along the highway. It was 50 years ago this week that the world was first introduced to Star Trek. On September 8, 1966, the first episode of the original series aired on NBC, beginning a science fiction franchise that spawned six different series, 13 movies, countless books, video games, comic books, and more. And with Star Trek Discovery premiering in early 2017, it seems voyages into the final frontier show no sign of stopping. In related news, a series of comic books and at least one novel will be released concurrently to tie in with the new Trek series. It's also possible that the late Majel Barrett will continue her role as the computer voice on Discovery. Late in her life, the actress recorded a library of phonetic sounds, allowing her voice to be used far into the future and maybe on your smartphone, too. And speaking of smartphones, Apple unveiled the new iPhone 7 and 7 Plus this week, and among their features include a 12-megapixel camera with optical image stabilization and non-physical force-sensitive home button. The device will also allow you to edit live photos, and along with JPEGs, it will support RAW file format images. There'll be two lenses on the 7 Plus, one to shoot wide-angle photos, while the other is for telephoto shots. Apple also announced the death of the standard headphone jack and its new smartphone. They'll be shipping the iPhone 7 with lightning-supported first-party earbuds, as well as a lightning to 3.5mm headphone jack adapter. You can pre-order the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus online beginning September 9th, and it will be available in stores on September 16th. According to leaked set pictures from Spider-Man Homecoming, a third villain has joined Vulture and the Tinkerer. It's the long-rumored Shocker, with Bokeem Woodbine tipped to play the part. The photos, which were posted on Twitter, show a yellow costume with silver Vibro Smasher gauntlets. We'll get a much better look when the movie hits theaters July 7, 2017. The European Space Agency's Rosetta mission has finally found its fillet lander nearly two years after the vehicle became the first ever to land on a comet. The mission team has struggled to locate it since that historic touchdown, and communications with fillet have been sparse to non-existent. New image downloaded from the probe in orbit around Comet 67P show the long-lost fillet wedged in a crack between some rocks. 
The images were captured just in the nick of time, too, as its mission is ending in less than a month. And finally, PlayStation has just released a brand new gameplay 4K trailer for Horizon Zero Dawn, the next entry from Guerrilla Games, the award-winning developer behind the Killzone franchise. The open-world action RPG tells the story of skillful hunter Aloy, who lives a thousand years in the future on a planet Earth that's been abandoned by man, and Skynet huge robotic creatures have taken over players take on the role of Aloy, who has to hunt down these robotic creatures by using a mix of primitive and more technologically advanced weapons in order to strip these creatures of their metal and electricity, which are vital resources for her survival. Horizon Zero Dawn will launch on February 28th exclusively for the PlayStation 4, but you can see the gameplay trailer via the links in the show notes to this episode of Galactic Radio, along with more to the other news stories this week at gncasts.com slash galactic radio. Follow this Galactic Network podcast on Twitter, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Find us by searching for Galactic Netcasts on all the major social networks or click on the icons at gncast.com. You are listening to Galactic Radio with Dave Nelson. Welcome to the Movie Man's Movie Minute. I'm Mark the Movie Man, and today we're going to take a look at The Hidden from 1987 from the director of Nightmare on Elm Street 2. This new line cinema picture features Kyle MacLachlan as Lloyd Gallagher, a cop from outer space who is tracking down an intergalactic criminal who has come to Earth. He pairs up with Tom Beck, played by Michael Nori, and these two work together to try to take down this intergalactic criminal who hops from body to body, leaving death and destruction in his wake. Folks, The Hidden is an underrated sci-fi action film that I think should be seen by all sci-fi fans and those just looking for good 80s action fun. You've got a little bit of buddy cop elements in here with the humor, worked into some great action sequences and some serious moments as well. The standout really is Kyle MacLachlan and Michael Nori and how they play off each other. There's some great practical effects as well, and the story I think you will find definitely intriguing. The Hidden is a hidden classic that I think many people should see and be talking about. So check it out. If you did like The Hidden, please contact me at Twitter at MovieManiac3D, or check out more of my stuff at SpecialMarkProductions.com. Thank you, and keep that ticket stub. This is a Galactic Network podcast. All right, our guest on this episode of Galactic Radio is Christy Cates. Hello, Christy. Hello, how are you guys? Not too bad. Uh, Good. Us guys is me, Dave. That's Gregor. Hello, Gregor. (laughs) Hello. Gregor is the co-host of our show, Else Nerds, on the Galactic Netcast Network. And uh, Christy, do you want to? I was going to do your introduction, but do you want to describe yourself in a couple of sentences? What you are? Oh boy, that's always awkward, isn't it? Um, (laughs) Well, I'm primarily a musician. Um, I'm also a writer, so I write music and I. I write stories. Um, I also, my day job is writing about music, so I interview bands as well. Um, I also do some acting and a lot of gaming. Um, I just kind of do a lot of things, I suppose. I'm a creative person overall. Who's the biggest artist that you have ever interviewed for your day job? Oh, gosh. Um, the British band Travis, Rufus Wainwright, um, the Avett Brothers. A lot, of, a lot of really cool bands, actually. A lot of talented people. Awesome. Besides your day job, what should draw people for to your stuff online? Like, what's it all about? Um, well, I'm primarily a musician. Um, that's like the the way I like to communicate with the world. It's just what I feel like I'm meant to do. And my favorite sounds are are British rock music. So I think a lot of what I write is influenced by that. Um, bands like Radiohead and Muse and Coldplay, Travis, Snow Patrol, Keen, just those really melodic 
sounds, many of which can be really uplifting. They're always thoughtful. It's like thoughtful music more so than just regular pop music. But what else do you do? I uh, also do voiceover work. Um, I've done some voiceover work for indie film, also for a couple of video games, which I love doing. I'd love to do a lot more of that kind of stuff. Um, I'm a gamer to some degree. I don't play a lot of the hardcore shooting games, but I like the more creative games, building games, exploration games, that type of thing. So, yeah, I'm a very visual person, too. I mean, I draw. I do a lot of different things. So That's where the all-around creative person comes in, in your description. Yeah, I, I've been called a polymath, which I looked it up, and that's, a, that's kind of an appropriate word. What's the exact definition of that? Uh, I think it is just that. It's a polymath is a person who does a lot of different things and has skill in all of them. And I don't know if I have skill in all of them, but I certainly do my best. So <laughs> so one of the reasons that we brought you here today is because you're a geek, obviously, and that's what yes. we specialize in. So what flavor <laughs> of geek would you consider yourself? Like sci-fi, fantasy, gaming, tech, what? Yeah, that's... Okay. Is there the every geek category? Because I think everything, everything I've always gravitated to seems to fall into just the geek category. So growing up, that was a terrible thing in school to be, was a nerdy, geeky person. And now I guess it's a cool thing to be. I don't necessarily feel that much cooler, but I think that's, you know, now it's, I think it's more accepted to like a, an eclectic range of these really different things that, that people maybe didn't, weren't too familiar with, like science fiction and astronomy and, you know, video gaming and that sort of thing. Those things all kind of work together for me in concert, not to use a music pun, but <laughs> music influences a lot of things. And in turn, a lot of geeky things can feed into music and inspire that. So, Gregor, do you have a question for Christy? Um, yeah, this comes from my producer from over on the Else Nerds. And this is keeping with the music thing here. Um, what theme song, because you also do covers. Um, I heard that on your, when you were on uh I'm blanking on it. Current geek. Gosh. Um, what th- what TV show theme song or movie theme song would you want to cover? Oh, a TV. Oh, actually, there is a song. I don't know if you guys saw this movie. It's called Begin Again. It's not a it's not a sci-fi or fantasy show necessarily, but um, it's by the guy who did the film Once, um, which is a really great wait, wait, Irish independent film. Who's in Begin Again? Oh, Kira, Knight- Kira Knightley is in it, and Mark Ruffalo is in it. Oh, yes. I, f- I love that one. Yeah, it's a great movie. And there's a song from that movie called Lost Stars. And I think I actually might cover that one. So that was a good question. (laughs) Okay, so if you were stranded on a desert island, okay, what one book, TV show, slash movie, and game would you want to bring with you? So you can bring three things. The book would have to be Cosmos by Carl Sagan, because I actually have multiple copies of that one. <laughs> I have a nice hardcover copy I keep at home. I have paperbacks I like to carry on trips. I can read it over and over and learn something new every time. That sounds really corny, I know, but a couple of chapters, especially in there, Harmony of the Worlds about astronomy and the chapter about going to Mars, which is a place I think we should have already been, but we won't get into a space program discussion. Um, <laughs> but I think that's just a great book to have on me at all times because I always get something positive from it. So. Um, and then you said TV show or movie, correct? Yeah. yeah. Just one? Yeah. Does it, just one. Oh, I know. It's so hard. Sad. It's tough. It's very sad. I think if I had to watch one over and over, it'd be The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. Because it's got a lot of heart, and it makes me laugh. And if I'm alone on a desert island, I'm going to need to laugh, I think, and be entertained. Um, and then the game, I would bring Minecraft, because if I'm on a desert island with Minecraft, I can build other worlds and kind of escape into those and get out of the desert island for a bit. She could go to that desert island on Minecraft and, b- and then build a computer there <laughs> and then just its inception over and over and over again. 
Oh, that might hurt my brain. I don't know if I need that if I'm busy being stranded. <laughs> uh, Gregor, you had the question? Uh, yeah. What? So you're, you're a voiceover artist, and so what franchise or game would you most want to do to voice act for? Oh, boy, that's a good one. I don't even know. Um, oh, voiceover. Game, 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 game. Good question. Maybe one of the Zelda games would be fun. I think they're bringing that back with a new Nintendo system, and if they're doing new games, I'd like to be like a new princess or something in that game. I think that'd be a really fun one to do. You know the what? animation to those is gorgeous, and I think the 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 structure of the scripts as they make them could be really fun to, to work with. So. And they're they're going to do a live action TV show on Netflix too. So maybe you could uh, you know audition for the for the part. Of, they are. Yeah. No one's told me that. Yeah. Really? Yep. That's a fantastic news. That's awesome. Speaking of TV shows, what geek-related TV show that's been canceled over the last few years would you like brought back? Oh, over the last few years. How about the last few months? Because I've been whining about this on Twitter for months now. What is up with the Agent Carter cancellation? I'm not happy about that one at all. That is, It was an innovative show. It had a unique setting that was not like anything else on TV. It you know it stepped back in time and a great setting. I love the characters. Agent Carter is a fantastic female character. Jarvis is hilarious. Howard Stark is funny, and I think it should come back. It's not going to. No, but I'll continue to complain about it. <laughs> no, it had it had a lot of potential. They could have done so much with that series. I know, and there there was just so many things they could have done with it, and especially if they started looping a lot of the other Marvel universe around it. There could have been time travel scenarios and. Oh, just so much stuff. So disappointed in that one. So, yes, that's my pick. And we could have seen, like, Golden Age superheroes, too, which would have been awesome. Oh, I didn't even think of that. See? Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great idea. Yes, definitely. I um, second that. I don't, like to, I don't like seeing Haley Atwell using an American accent either in that new show. I've seen the I refuse before. to watch that show, not because I don't support her, but just because I'm disgruntled. <laughs> <laughs> You're a disgruntled nerd. <laughs> All right, Gregor, you got another one? Um, so what, what band of all time would you want to interview? You can even pick like, if it's like ACDs, you can pick the formation of the band. Oh boy. Probably. Well, there are four bands that have really influenced my own music. I'd be scared to interview a couple of them because I think I would just end up stumbling all over my own words and, and not <laughs> give them a very good impression of myself. Um, I could probably talk to Radiohead and be okay with it because I would really like to just, oh boy, just find out about the intricacies behind their music, what inspires them, you know, maybe do a little nerd conversation about their gear because they have some fantastic gear they use on stage, especially Johnny Greenwood and all of the the computer gear he uses and the samples and the plugins and yeah, I'd like to really kind of pick their brains about about those sorts of things. That would be fun. That would be very interesting. And definitely. They don't seem like they would be that intimidating either. Like they just seem like normal guys. Well that's the thing. Like you were saying starting the show out, you know, you said obviously you're a nerd and I think we're you know, we're all geeks. We can all qualify as geeks here. I think Radiohead are really just a big bunch of music nerds, music geeks. And I think they, you know, I'm very much into the construction of the music and I like really thinking about how to put the music together. And I think they're really like that. I think they really like to, you know, dig it. They're not just kind of like dump a song out on the table. I think they really like to dig into it and say, why are we putting this segment here? Why is this instrument over here? Why are we constructing this verse this way? And yeah, I really want to find out why the reasons why (laughs) the thoughts behind it. 
So, yeah, I think music geeks talking to music geeks would be pretty fun. There does seem to be a lot of thought put into their stuff. That's for Definitely. sure. Okay, so which captain would you prefer to serve under, Kirk or Picard? Oh, Picard, no question. Come on. <laughs> what is wrong with you guys? <laughs> we could sit and drink tea. We could go horseback riding. He's super logical. He's super calm. I think if I was on Picard's crew, I would respect his logic and his decisions because he makes very good decisions. And then I think after hours, we'd be great friends, and that would be some pretty good teamwork. Yeah, Picard yeah, is and, my and favorite captain. Not, yeah, and besides, you just were to deal with, with uh, Commander Riker going over chairs the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> he's just trying to be cool about Riker he just you know it's just in his it's in his genes just to try to be cool at all times so but Picard exactly. is Picard is cool without trying and that's why I like him he's actually my favorite Star Trek captain so that's also a cool question are you exci- <laughs> are you excited about this new series that's coming out next year um yeah I mean I'm apprehensive because I you know it depends on I don't know. It just depends on, on what's going on behind it. Some of the ships look kind of weird to me, so we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> did, you, did you hear who the main protagonist is? What's that? Did you hear who the main character is on the show? Um, I did, but I don't remember. Remind me. It's number one from the original pilot episode from the 60s, played by Majel Barrett. Really? Yes. Okay, that part I didn't even read, so I hadn't even forgotten it. I just hadn't read it. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. That makes wow. that that brings a whole new kind of coolness to it. I, I think. Yeah, I think that actually adds more authenticity to it. So explore that's, that that's character a little bit more because we only know her from the one episode, right? I mean, there's there's could be a lot to dig into with that character. It seems right. Yeah. I mean, I really, I kind of, I, I almost hope they follow more of the going to different planets and exploring type of thing, as opposed to having a lot of the action happen on the ship. So I hope they actually get off the ship some and kind of are they meeting other alien species and, and trying to, you know, do that kind of thing. I'd, I'd prefer the exploration than to them just staying on the ship and doing it. I think that was what I was concerned about is I don't want the whole thing to just be on a starship the whole time. It sounds so. like they're going to be dealing with the Klingons too in this, in this series. It's going to deal oh, with the Klingons. Yeah. yeah. Sp- sticking with Star Trek and excluding the next generation. You can be on, because it's hard to know the answer. You can be a, a crew member on any of the Star Trek central ships from any of the series, which one do you pick? Captain Picard's ship? You just said I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> because, see, I already That's know not the answer. fair. So basically, what's your oh, second choice? Gosh. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'd put up with Kirk because I would probably get to have a couple tribbles in my room and they could be friendly little pets and that would be okay. So I guess I'd, I'd go with the original series on that one. I hope they're neutered. I, I hope they're, they're fixed. <laughs> Because then you you have a problem. That's very true. <laughs> Can I answer that question, Gregor? Wait, wait, no, hold on. But first, you got to answer this. You said you're gonna have a problem with troubles. Really? Come on. Why did you say trouble? You're gonna have some trouble. Oh, I oh, missed an opportunity. Snap. Damn it. <laughs> Dave, gosh, now you can answer that question. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'd I wouldn't I'd want to serve on the Defiant because just because it's a small ship, it's got a lot of fight to it and it, it's got those badass phasers, the phaser, the pulse phasers or whatever they were called. Choo-choo-choo. I love that. <laughs> Gregor, do you have a pick as well? <laughs> this is where I admit that I've never really seen Star Wars or Star Trek. Sorry, um, I grew up Star Wars, a Star Wars fan, and. 
But honestly, from watching the stuff, I probably would pick Captain Picard's Enterprise just because yes. it looked the coolest and all that with the holodeck and all that stuff. And it's got it's eighties chic too. It's very <laughs> yeah. very nineteen eighties. Well, the holodeck is a selling point there for me. I've always I've always in real life wanted a holodeck to escape to. So, yeah, that'd be. And also, I'd, prob- I'd probably be working in ten forward or whatever, like <laughs> serving people space <laughs> beer next, next to Guinan. <laughs> you're, you're, you're back in. The, you're in the back washing dishes, Gregor. That's what you're doing. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Is there one movie that you're really looking forward to that's coming out in the near future? It can be movie or t- let's do TV shows too. Movies and or TV shows that you're really looking forward to. Oh well, I'm looking forward to the return of Agents of Shield. That's kind of a given. Um, I'm looking forward to Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them with Eddie Redmayne um, because I thought the Harry Potter universe was over and I was very sad. So I was really happy to hear that they're bringing another part of the universe back. And I, it's so cool they're bringing it to America. And I just want to see how they expand the world into American sensibilities and that different time period. And also Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. I'm very much looking forward to that one. That's November, that's right? November that comes out? Yeah, yep. that's November. November 17th. And, yeah, and Fantastic Beasts, I think, is not till Is it in December, I think? I think that was. I want to say it's, like, it's right first or second weekend of December. Yeah, I think it's before the holidays, so yeah. All right. Uh, Gregory, you've got one more question, then we'll we'll wrap things up with Christy. (laughs) Basically, explain to everyone what what Monday Music News is, for people who don't know what your show is. Okay. Well, Monday Music News actually is kind of a spinoff. When I was first on Chord Killers with Tom Merritt and Brian Brushwood, my kind of audition for that show, which came out of nowhere for them, was me saying, hey, I'd like to contribute. And I made a, a little video that was a review of five documentaries that are available on Netflix of music documentaries. Um, from that point, I became a guest on Core Killers, and then I wanted to contribute more to the Diamond Club Network because they're just such a cool bunch of people. They're very welcoming. They're very creative, and they're just great to be around in general. So I thought, oh, I want to kind of contribute something to this network. So Money Music News is... Uh, kind of a compilation of the work I've done in music where I learned how to research and I learned how to interview people. Um, We talk about just what's going on each week currently in music. So we'll tell you what's happening, what's being released, you know, who's on tour. If there was an award show, we'll talk about that. We tell you what festivals are happening. Um, Also, who's going to be on TV late night talk shows, like what bands are performing on those, what albums are coming out that week. So it's kind of a little capsule report every Monday of what you can expect coming up in the week in the music scene and it's on every Monday night at 6.15 p.m. Eastern time on diamondclub.tv. And Tom Merritt made a great comparison. He said it reminded him of the old MTV news. And I think that's great. (laughs) He did say that. I remember him saying that, but it wasn't dated. So (laughs) I thought that was good, but yeah, that was, that's, that was very complimentary. I appreciated that. I hope it, I hope it kind of comes off like that where it's, it shows my enthusiasm for music and gives people information that is useful to them, the yeah, music they like. I so. think it really does. I, I really enjoy it. Oh, thank you. I didn't know you watched it. Thank you yes. so much. That's very cool. Christy, well, thank you for coming on with us today. Where can people find your stuff online? Um, my stuff is kind of all centrally located at christycates.com, which is K-R-I-S-T-I-K-A-T-E-S. I only say that because everyone always spells it wrong. <laughs> I have a YouTube channel where I have my music. I just uh, kind of rebooted my single series, which is original songs and covers that I perform on the YouTube channel. That's going to be leading up to hopefully an EP next year and some concerts on Twitch. I also play games on Twitch. Um, and then you can follow me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter a ton. 
I love it. I think it's a really great medium for communicating. So I'm Christy Cates on Twitter as well. Thank you guys for inviting me to the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Please subscribe to this Galactic Network podcast by going gncast.com slash subscribe or search iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or anywhere podcasts are offered. You are listening to Galactic Radio with Dave Nelson. Welcome to today's Applicably Galactic App Reviews. I'm Peter Fisher from the I the App That podcast from Blazing Caribou Studios, and here is today's review. Flickster is a movie app for the movie fan from Fandango. It is available for both iOS and Android. You can log into it with a Flickster, Facebook, or Google account. With the app, you can, among other things, find out movie listings for movie theaters near your current location, mark favorite theaters to go to them directly, buy tickets from Fandango, available in the U.S. only, get Rotten Tomato and Flickster ratings for thousands of movies, DVDs, and Blu-rays, Look at upcoming theater and DVD Blu-ray releases. You can also find out box office returns. With a separate Flickster video, you can watch your Ultraviolet library by streaming or downloading. Ultraviolet movies and TV shows can also be accessed from the desktop through the Flickster webpage. There are Flickster apps for many over-the-top consoles, but for Apple TV users currently... They are only available by AirPlay through an iOS device. Overall, this is a great app with minimal advertising pop-ups. I personally use the app, and although I can't use the ticket-buying feature, the Rotten Tomato freshness ratings are helpful. So if you're wondering what movies are playing nearby, Flickster is the app for you! I'm Peter Fisher from That, and this has been the Applicably Galactic App Review! Listening to a Galactic Network podcast. Dave? Huh? Dave? Huh? Hey, Dave, what's the question? To answer the question on this week's episode of Galactic Radio is Anessa Moyens from the Alien Invasion podcast, Corey Scott from the Podcast of Terror, along with his co host on the Else Nerds, Gregor Sprague. And here it is. Which franchise has had a bigger influence on our culture, Star Trek or Star Wars? Anessa, why don't you start us off? Well, one, I would say that it has a bigger influence on our culture is you had a large variety of ages that watch Star Trek. And a lot of them are still young, impressionable minds. And it really inspired a lot of people to go into the sciences, um, to go into engineering or physics or astronomy, um, even geography, medicine. I mean, really. Um, it, it just really inspired people to go out, explore their curiosity, try new things. That was kind of the thing of the show is go where no man has gone before. The other thing that I would say is, especially around that time period, it was a show that had a lot of cultural and ethnic diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, it was groundbreaking. I mean, you had the first interracial kiss on television that was not really a thing that had been done before. Um, and now it's like a common thing. It's not, you know, <laughs> and they, it's not an uncommon anymore. I agree with a lot of those things, except for your first part there about the people being inspired. Because for me growing up, and granted, I don't really, I'm not in a, like an engineer or anything like that. It, I was not making ships from Star Trek. It was... Star Wars ships. Realistically, I mean, how many people are going to grow up to be a Jedi? 
Well, well, I mean, I run through swamps with a puppet on my back all the time. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, like. Have, have, have you been to Michigan? It's a lot of swamp. I've, no. I've been to Michigan. I live in Wisconsin. I am currently <laughs> in the Midwest. Um, I come from the land of desert. So I've I've been in very diverse landscapes. And for me, I... Did you just I, compare yourself to Luke Skywalker? No, I did not. Not intentionally. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, my, my thing is watching Star Trek, I really enjoyed the exploration. Star Wars, for me, it was more of... I don't know, like the the ongoing good versus evil and and like the battles and the cool ships, but I never really thought like, hey, that'd be kind of cool to pursue, you know, a degree in astronomy or become a geographer because of Star Wars. Actually, as a kid, more than anything, I was more inspired by Indiana Jones. I wanted to be, well, actually, afraid of snakes. Kind of a archaeologist, but more than anything, I wanted to be a paleontologist. But there wasn't really a movie at the time for paleontologists. Unless you count like Jurassic Park, which came out in the 90s. And by that point, I had moved on. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up majoring in geography. So look look at me go. Wait, Star Trek. Wait, Woo. wait a second, though. Uh, Land of the Lost? Come on. Hello. I suppose. And, that and that's was sh- lost. So, I mean. it, it was lost. How could I find it? They, they, they fell forever. And then they found the Land of the Lost. And there's so. flea stacks. And there is... <laughs> um, and then, and then the other thing too, like with with Star Trek, was um, if you look at, say, NASA for example, one of the first shuttles that they had, uh, the shuttle orbiters that they had created, it, while it never actually made it into space, that at least that I can think of, um, they named it after the Enterprise. Huge impact on NASA. Um, Technology that we use these days, iPad, tablets, tablet computers yeah, on Star Trek. Phone. I know, pick up your cell phone. Um, you've got your universal translators. They now make like little earpieces that will translate stuff for you. You can talk into your phone and it'll translate. You can talk to a computer and it'll respond. And that's stuff that you would see on Star Trek, whether it was the original series, the next generation. And I'm sure there's a lot more out there that I just don't know about. If you just look at what we as society consider what is the perfect utopic society of people getting along, what we're what we're hoping we're going to achieve when we can replicate things like food and we can get rid of needless things of war and disease and everything else, that's what Star Trek is kind of the ideal. Star Trek is where we're trying to get to. It's not like we're trying to get to Star Wars. Uh, right. Star Wars and, is a great fantasy. It's a great adventure, um, but it's like reading Greek mythology almost. It's it's not the same thing. Star Trek is something that is literally it's the future versus the past because Star Wars t- takes place a long time ago. So Star Trek is where we're trying to go. Um, not and where they we still touch to on to. on warfare, but it's they want to be peaceful in their exploration. Like man has survived hundreds of years. We want to go out into space beyond our world and learn about other places and cultures and beings and whatnot. So I don't know. I like the more optimistic tone of Star Trek over Star Wars. But I mean, to me, that also had a bigger influence. And it's also the future of us. Like it's actual humanity from Earth. Like you can trace, you can look back at the history I mean, the actual history of humanity in the show is our 
our history, right? So Right. It's like our, I guess, what would be present day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they go back into and then to the future, like, hey, look at what we've done. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's a bit more realistic than Star Wars. <laughs> that part is coming at from two different sides. Where Star Wars is sci-fi, but it's all there is fantasy elements to it. To me, you know, Star Wars would have a bigger impact on the cinema culture. Um, Star Trek is more of an influence on like yeah. our actual culture. That's why Star Trek does better on TV than in the movies, too. You can examine all these heavier issues in a TV format a lot better than you can in the movies. That's why all the Star Wars movies turn into these kind of bigger action-packed blockbusters and why Star Trek The Motion Picture failed because they tried to translate a plot of a TV episode into a movie. That's why it, it, it didn't work. Okay, okay. so I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this. Since it sounds like I'm the only one wearing the Star Wars hat here. Literally. Wearing well, a Star yes. Wars hat. <laughs> yes. Look at your question. Which franchise has a bigger influence on our culture? Anessa started, or actually she hit some parts in there of our culture, you know, first interracial kiss, and then like getting into technology and all that stuff, but then veered away from culture and into science. So, it's sort science of, is part of our culture. But when you go, if you go to it's, a normie, It's what fuels if, if, our if, technology if go, that we use that's changed if, our if, culture. If you go to a normie, though, if you, if you go to a non-nerd and ask them... Which has more influence on them? Live long and prosper, or may the force be with you. It's going to be a toss-up, but I think it's going to lean slightly more to Star Wars. Hmm. Mm, a lot of people really dig that live long and prosper. My thinking is culturally... And some people don't know the difference. Yeah, exactly. You can be like, that's, the, that's the one uh, Leonard Nimoy played him, right? He, he played Han Solo or you know something like that. But I think culturally it's more Star Wars. Because where... Star Trek, you look at things... I don't want to get political, but it seems like there are certain people running for president that uh, you could say <laughs> might lean more Star Wars than Star Trek in that case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could. I think Star Wars has affected culture as far as the consumerism goes more than Star Trek because they weren't the first, but they pretty much mastered the summer blockbuster. And what are we all geared around towards when it comes to movies in our culture? It's the summer blockbusters now. I think that had an impact on our culture in that perspective. I think it's ingrained to us because if you think back, think about everybody had Star Wars toys growing up. Star Trek toys were few and far between. Merchandising. Perfect. That's another example. Good job, Corey. I had Transformers and Thundercats. I didn't really do a whole lot of Star Wars toys. I might have had an Ewok. But I mean, I look at it like this. Star Trek to me seemed like, like you guys said, the near future. Where Star Wars seems like the distant future. We get to this point where we need a lightsaber or, or a blaster and all that stuff. And how science is going to that, you could compare them now. Like, we have, in a way, a lightsaber. Now, it's not exact. Like, it's not like I can go and turn it on but a tokamak is essentially what a lightsaber is you know it's the a beam of plasma that wraps around on itself by by a magnetic field that's where i make the case is a lot of people i'm not saying you know star trek 
sucks or whatever, I'm clearly taking the other side because if, no one else is going to. If you look at what people have in their homes right now and what we use on a daily basis, Star Trek is going to win technology side. I mean, how holograms? many people are actually going? Holograms? They do have holograms. Someone created a... Not, not holodeck. <laughs> I know, but I mean, they tried as best as they could to create a real-life holodeck by using virtual reality. I remember playing video games as a kid in, like, Florida that used holograms. I mean, it's not unheard of. And I guess you could debate which one was first, but, I mean, I'm still going to lean towards <laughs> towards Star Trek. Okay, The okay. more accessible thing within our culture that people can relate to is probably going to be Star Trek. Uh, um, I just want to let you all know that I disagree with each of you. Uh, I am leaning more towards Galaxy Quest. I want to live in a culture that's ruled <laughs> and completely taught by television. <laughs> All right. Uh, never give up, never surrender, Corey. That's right. If you have a question or comment about anything that you've heard on this Galactic Network podcast, email contact at gncast.com. Leave a voicemail message by calling 805-328-3966 or go to gncast.com slash contact. We read, listen to, and appreciate all of your feedback. You are listening to Galactic Radio with Dave Nelson. Hello, I'm Daryl Johnston, and here is another article from our Sci-Fi-pedia. If you'd like to know more about this subject, then follow the link in the show note of this episode of Galactic Radio. Galactic Empires are a common trope used in science fantasy and science fiction, particularly in space opera. Many authors have either used a galaxy-spanning empire as background or written about the growth or decline of such an empire. The capital of a galactic empire is frequently a core world or home world. Now, the best known to the general public today is prob probably the Galactic Empire from Star Wars, which was formed in turn from the Galactic Republic. Most of these galaxy-spanning domains depend on some form of transportation capable of quickly or instantly crossing vast cosmic distances. These invariably require some type of propulsion or displacement technology forbidden by Einstein's theory of relativity, or that otherwise relies on theories that circumvent or supersede relativity, such as warp drive or hyperspace. The term Galactic Empire has no doubt, because of associations with the Empire from Star Wars, gained an unfavourable reputation. However, the Galactic Empires from Foundation and Codominium Universe are relatively benign organisations indeed. Much of the plot of the Foundation series revolves around the issue of who can best and quickest revive the fallen Galactic Empire, it being taken for granted that this is a positive and worthy aim. In many cases, the term Galactic Empire is well, misleading, as it suggests a galaxy-wide empire. This is likely due to the once common tendency for fiction to either confuse galaxy and star system, or to simply 
misunderstand the size of a galaxy. While some of the noted fictional empires tend to encompass a large portion of the galaxy, many other empires may be classed as interplanetary or interstellar empires, since they encompass only a local group of star systems. Powell Anderson made the point that the declining empire depicted in his Dominic Flandry series does not span the entire galaxy but only a fraction of one of its spiral arms, and still it's vast beyond humans' abilities to truly comprehend, and in the process of collapsing, well, under its own weight. Galactic empires are in some cases consciously modelled on historical earthbound empires. Isaac Asimov stated explicitly that the Galactic Empire who fell is depicted in his Foundation series is modelled on the Roman Empire. Frank Herbert's Dune recalls the late medieval Holy Roman Empire, but also the Byzantine and Islamic empires, especially given the role of hitherto disregard desert dwellers who, due to a powerful new religion, expand to topple an old empire and build a new one. Another notable example of a galactic empire would be the Imperium of Man from the Warhammer 40,000 universe, which is a theocratic industrial and militarian regime that does in fact span almost the entirety of the Milky Way galaxy, but is losing territories due to unending conflict with various alien races and rebel factions. This is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. Watching, reading, playing, listening, making, I, watching, reading, playing, listening, making, N, watching, reading, playing, listening, making, G, Corey Scott from the podcast of Terror and Else Nerds. Why don't you tell us what you're listening to, reading, watching, playing, reading, making, etc. this week? I am reading or technically listening to uh, a new podcast called the Indie Fiction Podcast. It's from the guys who do the self-publishing podcast and a few other ones on their network. They are releasing what is a book of theirs as an audiobook, but instead of doing it just as a straight-up audiobook that you go and purchase, they're releasing it as a podcast. So they're, they release the first 10 chapters rather quickly, and then they're doing a new piece every day to get through the whole thing. Now, uh, it's a zombie story. It's a very interesting, cool story, but the, the thing that's interesting about it more is how they're doing it and why they're doing it this way. So if you go and you listen to it and you like it, then maybe you'll continue to listen to the series as the more audiobooks come out. Uh, obviously, they want to try to make sales off of this. But if you sign up for their mailing list, there's actually extra chapters that they'll send you exclusively uh, that either take place in the world or take place with the characters or other parts of the story that you wouldn't get to hear from the regular podcast. Um, and that's still all free. It's just down the road at some point when it's done, uh, it will go off the air. So it's a great time to jump onto it and listen to it because so far it's really good. Where can people get this, Corey? It's in your favorite podcatcher. I, I use Stitcher, but you can find it in iTunes. If you go to sterlingstone.net, 
slash uh, Indie Fiction Podcast. You'll be able to find it there. You are listening to Galactic Radio with Dave Nelson. Hello, I'm Gregor Sprague, and this is the Polis for Galactic Radio. And these are just a few of the comics coming out for the week of September 14th, 2016. Dark Horse Comics has Briggsland number two, Haro Country number 16, and Prometheus Life After Death number four. DC Comics has Action Comics number 963, All-Star Batman number two, Doom Patrol number one, New Superman number three, and Superwoman number two. Image Comics has The Fix number five, Southern Cross number seven and throwaways number three and marvel comics is continuing their civil war two tie-ins with a force number nine mockingbird number seven and spider-man number eight also available for marvel comics is black panther number six and gwenpool number six this has been gregor sprague for the pull list you can find all these comics and more at your local comic book store we'll see you guys next time if you like what you've heard on this Galactic Network podcast, please consider helping us out financially by going to gncast.com support. On that page, you'll find links to our Patreon campaign where you can make a small recurring monthly pledge of as little as $1. Or click on our Amazon affiliate link, make a purchase, and we get a very small percentage from the sale. Again, go to gncast.com support. And thank you for supporting the Galactic Network podcast. Thanks to Monkey Warhol for providing the theme song. Hear more of his stuff at soundcloud.com slash monkeywarhol. We'd also like to thank Blazing Caribou Studios for our awesome artwork. For more on those guys, go to blazingcariboustudios.com. And finally, thanks to you for tuning in to Galactic Radio. You can find us at gncasts.com slash galacticradio. And until next time, Galactic Radio is now going off the air. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.